Alright gang, welcome back to another episode of the Let's Level Up podcast. I'm your host, Rick Perez, and today we're going to be talking gaming. You know, my favorite thing to talk about, although I've done an obnoxious amount of wrestling talk lately. Um, and I probably will talk about it a little bit because I'm... You know me. Captain Positivity, right? I do that more for my own hubris than anything. I am, um, I think, generally a pretty negative person overall, but... I try to combat that, like, my internal negative thoughts by just, like, putting out positive energy into the world. But I'm a little upset right now in the wrestling world, and I'll tell you why a little bit later. Before we get into that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you have been enjoying the content. Sorry we didn't get to you last week. Um, Just been busy, right? So uh, we are going to keep to our Friday release schedule in case something pops up, right? Um, I mean, life is important. And uh, family is important. Work is important. Uh, so as long as I can, you know, maintain that balance without going too crazy or feeling too burnt out, um, this will continue to happen. Uh, just thank you so much for everybody who's reached out on Twitter. Uh, my handle again is at Let's Level Up. Um, let us know what you like, what you don't like, etc. Head on over to our Patreon page at uh, patreon.com forward slash let's level up and everything is available on our social media site if you need more information go to let's level up.net um so without further ado let's talk about games um i actually just recently acquired a few new titles um i've got uh, fireside's latest uh my first castle panic which i've played with my four-year-old my 10-year-old my nine-year uh my seven-year-old i need to know what ages my kids are for sure um and uh man we really enjoy the game it's awesome what they've done with my first castle panic um if you are you know kind of in a box right maybe you you would not know what castle panic is and i don't want to and i guess i shouldn't be shaming people uh for not knowing a game it's castle panic is a little bit older right in terms of the hobby and you may not have found it yet but castle panic itself is a co-op game uh kind of like a tower defense game you basically have these walls surrounding your castle monsters are going to be flooding in from the side of the board and attempting to take you out it is a lot of fun one of the best co-op games out there i put it um I mean, right there along with, with, with Pandemic as, as best co-op games. Is there another one that's really good as those two? L- likely there is. I like the Legendary Deck Building series as well. Uh, those are I play those mainly co-op. Um, some of the cool dungeon crawlers too, but it's a different kind of game. This is more of a um, just straight-up co-op board game. And it has a very simple presence, uh, premise. Don't let your castle fall. Uh, and it is uh, difficult, and each expansion kind of cranks up the difficulty and adds some new mechanics, so it feels fresh all the time. And I am a big fan of the DeWitts. Uh, Justin and Anne-Marie are amazing people, and I don't think you'll find two better people in the board gaming world uh, than those two right there. Um, I played basically every every game in the um, in the Fireside Games catalog, except for... Um, Ah, Jesus, blanking on me. The one with the birds on the cover. Is it Remnants? That can't be right. Anyway, sorry, Justin and, and Anne Marie, I'm butchering your your product line here, uh, but I haven't played that. Uh, so this is my first new Fireside game to play since, um, I think, since Dastardly Dirigibles, actually. 
Um, but I, I love everything that they put out. And they, they don't put out bad games, and they do a lot of playtesting and whatnot. Um, so the premise behind my first Castle Panic is, is Castle Panic designed for children. Um, instead of having all the different lanes that monsters can go down and follow in the different zones, um, you basically have a, uh, a single pathway to a castle. There's only one wall protecting your castle. Um, there are... I believe four different types of monsters, and then each space along the castle will have a color and a symbol, and you can basically play cards to uh, not kill the monster, but take the monster to the dungeon, uh, right? So you're taking the bad monster, you're putting them in jail, um, so it's got a very uh, anti-violent theme there, although you can kick the monsters. Um, but that's okay. I think that's okay, right? I think most parents will, will, will be okay with that. These monsters, after all, are trying to destroy our home. So kicking a monster back to the forest, I think, is all right. Uh, there's one other special card, and that's to be able to rebuild your walls. Everything else is a combination of uh, colors and shapes, right? So you can have heroes who may be all the shapes in a certain color. Uh, you may have heroes that are um, all the colors of a certain shape, uh, right? So on the space, you'll see like a red circle, uh, um, uh, a yellow square, a uh, blue triangle, right? And those will repeat throughout the, the, the course, so to speak, or the lane as you get to the castle. Um, really, really easy to teach kids. My four-year-old knows all the steps, and it is a blast to play this game with her. See, I was looking for a really good game to play with her, right, at four. I've got a lot of, of younger-aged games. I've got some of the some of my favorites are from the Habit Collection. Um, if you haven't played many of those, you should check them out. Uh, Animal Upon Animal is really great. Of course, uh, Rhino Superhero Battle is amazing. It's such a fun game for, for any age group. Uh, but even those games can feel a little too um, deep, maybe is the right word. Um, a little too rules and I haven't played all the Hobbit games. There's definitely Hobbit games in in that four-year-old age range, right? Um, and I think Animal Upon Animals a good one. But the problem with that is that, you know, uh, tables can shake, things bounce. You can drop your animal stacks without meaning to. Uh, and that kind of really gets the kids down. Same thing with Superhero Battle. Uh, if, you, if you get a bad bump on a table and your table's not super secure, a tower may fall. And you may lose the game on a technicality. Um, so some of those aren't, aren't super great for a four-year-old. Um, I'm sure there's a ton in Hab. Hab's got a bunch of games for kids, uh, so I'm sure there's more there. Uh, but this is like the first game I think I've got in, in all of my collection um, that she can play, not only play, but contribute while playing, right? Not just saying, hey, okay, place this here or do this on your turn. She's making decisions. She's asking for help, uh, and she's she's sending the monsters to the dungeon you know, and, and able to kind of really think, not only that, it helps with uh, counting, right? Because you can count spaces to the castle. It helps with uh, shape recognition and colors. Um, so it's a great uh, early learning device as well uh, for younger kiddos. So if you have kids, three years old, four years old, five years old, um, my seven-year-old likes it quite a bit as well. Um, so I think it probably goes up to seven. My 10-year-old, it's a little too light for him. Um, he, he plays Castle Panic already, so he kind of likes it that we can play Castle Panic without all the setup and without... Uh, and play with his sisters, um, which is really cool. Uh, but it's amazing how they've encapsulated the theme of Castle Panic and put it into a um, uh, into a game that kind of really lends itself towards children. And it's uh, and kudos, well done. It's it's so much fun. Um, I played another game 
uh, called Victorian Masterminds, which is an Antoine uh, Bavza and um, I believe Eric Lang uh, kind of joint operation here. These are two fantastic designers. Uh, Bowser is one of my favorite designers ever. Um, it's a fun game. It's a lot of fun. You play kind of uh, steampunk uh, villains, so to speak, and you are uh, going throughout these different cities and um, placing your agents within the city. And each time you place an agent, um, you're basically place, placing an agent onto a stack. And once there's a certain number of agents placed face down on a stack, you flip all the ag- agents over and they resolve special abilities. So it's a worker, it's a worker placement game um, with a twist. The theme is really good. I don't have a lot of steampunk games. I'm not a big fan of that genre, um, but I love the way that this one does it. It's a lot of it's a lot of really great pieces. Um, there's buildings that you can steal, and they're all sculpts, and they're really nice looking, um, nice looking models. The actual agents themselves aren't just um, due to the nature of flipping them over, and not knowing what's placed there. You don't have just a single meeple, right? You have a, a basically a plastic gear with a sticker on the back, um, and that lets you know what the agent is um each you also have a player board i think there's eight player boards and they all have a unique craft on there that you can that you can build throughout the game it's basically a giant machine uh giant steampunk machine they each have a special ability that you can use uh and you get victory it's another way to score victory points and whatnot um really fun i played that with my 10 year old and we had a blast doing the two player i think it's a game i think i believe it plays up to four um and i think it's a game that's probably better with bigger numbers right getting to that four player mark um but even at two was still a lot of fun um one of the big differences between playing at two and and i think even three players is that uh, normally you would resolve a city Um, or the agents in the city if you have a stack of three agents. Um, In a two-player game, you only resolve at a stack of, uh, I believe, two agents. So once the second agent's placed there, um, you can resolve those. And there's there's agents that kind of mess with other players. There's agents that double your yield from the city. There's agents that let you try to claim a building. Um, Man, it's just a a lot of fun. And actually um, could be easily expanded with just more agents right if you add if the next i had a mini expansion that introduced another agent another excuse me another agent um that's, that's a home run i think and it could really change the way the game's played so really looking forward to and maybe more coming out from that that's a cmon game um and so you expect all the same cmon um uh, components that you'd normally get really well done and another game we picked up is Pictomania by Vlada Chavatil. I'm I know I'm butchering that name, and I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Vlada, uh, one of the biggest board game designers in the world, right? Uh, he who designed um, uh, Cheese, Mage Knight, and Code Names, right? And and I'm sure many more. Um, Pictomania is a really awesome game, public from uh, Czech Games Edition. Um, so much fun here it's basically a very uh kind of light party game where players will um have a drawing phase so basically you'll have a card or three cards in front of you all players will see um you'll secretly draw a letter which is the card uh, and then a number which is a uh, position on the card and then you'll draw whatever that is um and all the cards kind of are in a um it's like of a certain category. Like there was a, a particular card that had a bunch of superheroes on it, right? Uh, Batman, Superman, um, Captain America, Spider-Man, 
and whatnot. So you get points when you're drawing. The first player to put their pencil down takes the highest bonus point for the turn. Uh, and then you can start actually guessing what other people's are. And you're basically setting down a number on their, on their uh, like a little stack in front of them while they're drawing. Um, so not only do you get points for going fast, which means you generally aren't going to have super awesome drawings, right? Because you kind of want to uh, finish quick. Um, you also get bonus points if you're the first person to guess correctly. Um, so there's only so many points each player has to give each turn. So you're getting points for um, guessing fast as well and guessing correctly. Um, if you draw really, really poorly and nobody guesses your answer, um, you actually lose points. Uh, so it, it is a really interesting balance. There's a ton of cards in the game, and uh, it ramps up its difficulty every turn. So each turn you go from really easy stuff to draw to something a little bit more uh, um, um, kind of... You know, I guess harder to draw is the word I'm looking for. Uh, until finally the last zone, you get to the red cards. Uh, it could be like really weird concepts. Like um, I'm trying to think of one. Um, I think one was a series of emotions, and uh, it wasn't like happy, sad. It was things like grovel. Uh, um, there was also a, a card that had expressions on them. So it, making that work with children was not a really great experience because there are several cards that we had to put back. It's just they didn't know what the words are. And there's a rule built in the game that if anybody at the table doesn't know what a particular word means um, before you actually draw what you're supposed to uh, excuse me, get dealt the cards that you're supposed to draw, um, you can shuffle the card back in. So there was several times in that later part of the game where we were um, um, having to put cards back right so i think this is probably a game better um for older maybe teenage teenage to, uh families if you're looking for a family game um if you have a couple teenagers um really great to play there um i, I think a game of uh, uh playing with friends right you know if you're if you're in your 20s or 30s um or later uh and you wanted to have a few cocktails and play a board game i think pictomania is a great game to do that um it is it is light it's fun and it allows you to kind of creatively um express yourself and i think it's all uh really really well done so check out pictomania of the three games um, that i've talked about so far pictomania may be the most fun i had although i really want to get back to victorian masterminds i've only got one play session in in there yet and um, that was a lot of fun. I want to play with more people. Uh, my first Castle of Panic, again, I'm an old man now. You know, I'm old man Rick. And, um, you know, it's not designed for me <laughs> and my level of fun. It's a little basic for my taste. I get more fun watching my kids play it uh, than uh, actually playing the game. Although it is definitely playable uh, for adults. Uh, and you won't be bored uh, if you're a gamer. Uh, I've played games with my kids that are designed for kids that I'm just like, oh, geez, so boring <laughs> it's just you don't make any uh, important decisions and my first castle panic kind of wraps that up so all three really good games uh i think pictomania is my favorite of the three it's also the i believe the cheapest i think it's about 19 20 bucks um my first castle panic i think is 25 and victorian masterminds is 40 um i also played another game called the call to adventure um it's in one of the, it's the last game in this thing that uh this this new um acquisitions i've made and uh call to adventure is a game that is 
was very successful on Kickstarter from Brotherwise Games, the people who did um, uh, Boss Monster. And uh, component-wise, amazing. I really love the card art. I love the runes that you cast. Uh, so rather than having dice, you basically have D2s in the form of runes. So it either lands on side A or side B. Um, there are cards that you can play. But basically what you're doing is that you're you're building the story of this character, right? You're creating a character, um, which is a neat concept. And at the end of the game, you actually tell the story of your character and how you went from uh, basically uh, your youth to all the way to becoming a like a premier Dungeons and Dragons you know, heroic paragon level character, and you can tell this awesome story. My favorite part of the whole game was the end. Right, it didn't really matter who won at the end. Although I did, I do believe my kiddo uh, Regan beat me by a point. Um, but actually, telling the story was the best part of the game to me, and that's a problem. Uh, for me, if I, I'm playing the game and it's more than an hour, right? I think we played for an hour, maybe an hour ten. Um, um, I didn't really enjoy um, the challenging part, which is basically trying to acquire additional cards uh, for each each act or each stage of the game. Um, it just seemed very basic for me and it wasn't rewarding it didn't feel rewarding playing cards on your opponents were kind of fun uh, and helped keep the game kind of fresh I don't know if it's a bad shuffle but a lot of the cards that we played were very felt very similar um, and like a lot of the cards that I saw had a basically a binary opposite of that card right so there wasn't a lot of variety uh, from what I've seen again could have been a bad shuffle I didn't look through the whole deck and I've only got one playthrough here so call to adventure fans I'm sure the game is awesome I'm just saying on my first play session, it kind of fell flat until the very end where I got to tell a really cool story about my character. And that was fun. And it almost made me want to just say, you know what? Jeez, I could we could tarot this thing and we could deal three cards per act and just tell a story, you know, and treat it kind of like story cubes and skip the the hour of uh, kind of so-so gameplay that it takes to get there. Um I'm usually not very critical about games. So again, I kind of preface this whole episode starting out that um, it's hard to uh, you know, be in a, a super positive space all the time. There are things I really liked about the game. Again, the ending was a, a blast. Uh, but if I'm going to do a character creation game, I think I'd much rather play something like Roleplayer, which has so much more of a rewarding experience uh, for me particularly. My son really liked Call to Adventure. Uh, he liked doing the challenges, uh, so maybe uh, having the D2s in the forms of ruins, which again, are really well done components, uh, and casting the runes is a cool feeling. It makes you feel like an old wizard, uh, you know, like you're trying to scry and see what's going on. So that's a neat, I think. It's just um, wasn't wasn't deep enough of what I was expecting. It wasn't it didn't quite scratch that hardcore D and D itch that I've got. Again, up until actually. Uh, getting to tell that story and doing a little bit of role playing in that regard. I think if it offered more chances for role playing um, in it, that'd be fine. I could do without the whole challenge system and acquiring challenge cards. It's just um, a little too simple for me. But again, um, it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure people are loving it. I know uh, I posted, I was actually looking to sell my copy. So if anybody really wants Call to Adventure, hit me up on Twitter, let me know. Um, I'd be happy to trade it. 
um, or, or just straight up sell it and uh, give it to a better home right now. I'm probably going to get one more play session in, uh, I hope, this weekend of it. Um, and maybe it'll 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 uh, resonate with me a little differently. Um, I did play Call of Duty Adventure WrestleMania weekend before WrestleMania, so I didn't quite have the exhausting event that that was. But it was in the middle of New Japan, and um, I don't know. It just I don't know. It just kind of fell flat. Uh, anyways, that's what I've been playing board game wise. So I've got I I, I did uh, actually a really cool thing, something I don't normally do. I bought four games and I played them all within the first week of having them. So I, I'm gonna pat myself on the back there because that's it's not something I usually do. Usually I buy a game and it sits in the shrink for a month before I get around to actually playing it because I'm usually in the middle of a couple other things. Uh, but super fun. I also finally played Betrayal at House on the Hill with my wife and my son. And we loved it. It was so much fun. Um, you know what? I think my daughter played as well. I think we played with four. Uh, it was so much fun that I'm actually considering busting out the shrink on my Betrayal Legacy and playing with the family. Um, I'm a little worried still of my daughter being a bit too young. Uh, not necessarily for the horror concept. Bad parent here. Uh, but I'm okay. I'm okay with, you know, scaring scaring them a little bit or them getting scared i think it builds the excitement um and i really liked that when i was a kid um but i'm worried about playing a legacy game and maybe potentially having it fall flat for the group because a seven-year-old happened to get the haunt uh, and become the traitor and just you know uh didn't really know what to do there so i'm still kind of weighing that i may do that with just the three of us because my older my my oldest uh, was able to you know he's he's able to pretty much uh, play any board game that I've got and have at least some competency there uh, strategic competency that's that's rewarding for me. Um, yeah, lots of awesome board games. Uh, I went to our Goodwill, did a little bit of hunting, and got um, a, a nineteen ninety seven print of Settlers of Catan that's still in the shrink. Uh, for three whole American dollars. Uh, and I was actually thinking about doing something on the channel to give it away. Um, so maybe you'd have something there. So check that out. Uh, keep an eye out on our social media for that. I think it could be a lot of fun. It's a, it's cool. If you're a Catan fan, I think it's a cool version of the game to have. I've got what, three, four versions of Catan right now um, and, and different expansions and whatnot. And this one... It's just neat to see the um, evolution of Catan to where we are today and where it started. It's it's really cool. And it was $3. I mean, that would be silly to not buy that. Um, I don't plan on ever playing this version. I bought it because I thought it was neat. So let's talk about wrestling for a second. Uh, I love pro wrestling. Um... And I, I kind of, I don't really like um, a lot of pro wrestling fans. It's a very fickle fan base. And um, I really don't like the WWE's trash um, you know, that, that a lot of my, my friends kind of have, right? They prefer the indie scene. Uh, everyone's really, really excited for AEW. Um, and I am as well. Don't get me wrong. I think AEW is going to be amazing. Uh, but there are a lot of really amazing people who are involved in WWE. 
talent wise, right? And I'm sure there's amazing people backstage that I don't know anything, you know, what they do. Um, but it was WrestleMania weekend. NXT was incredible. WrestleMania was a lot of fun. New Japan was 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 okay. I thought. I think it was largely overhyped by a lot of people. Uh, who just want to be counter WWE. Um, a lot of the Ring of Honor stuff was really bad um, there. Uh, but a couple of the New Japan matches were super good. Overall, I thought WrestleMania was the better show. Uh, and Kofi Mania was just amazing. It was so perfect. Um, but it was way, way too long. Uh, I watched the following Raw and SmackDown. So if you look at that four or five days, it's like 24 hours of, of pro wrestling. And it was way too much. I mean, I feel so burnt out. They had the Superstar Shake-Up this week, and I did I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch either Raw or SmackDown, and I was watching and looking at some of the news and just rolling my eyes. I couldn't help but feel that WWE really screwing up again uh, with this whole Shake-Up thing. Um, not that a lot of the moves weren't bad, but, um, they have so much talent on that roster. You look at guys like Luke Harper, who recently requested his release, Sasha Banks, who's unhappy. Um, although Sasha's probably more her fault than anything. Um, not knowing anything about what's going on behind the scenes, right? So forgive me. Um, Tyler Breeze, uh, Ty Dillinger, um, you know, these guys, these workers who are on the undercard and mid-card, um, and maybe who haven't quite made it to mid-card level, um, who are amazing athletes and amazing characters like Tyler is, is just incredible. Uh, and to not see them get opportunities, it's just, it pains me in my core. And then you keep calling up all these guys from NXT, knowing that they're going to be around for a couple months, and if the fans happen to have a low reaction or their merch isn't selling the right way, they're going to disappear just like sanity. Uh, I think one guy got cut, Alexander Wolf, or is maybe going back to NXT. Um, Eric Young got just sent to Raw. Uh, no longer part of this amazing stable that was so cool in NXT. Um, it just really sucks uh, to see that happen. And uh, I know uh, some of my friends are quoted in saying that if they were in NXT, they'd never want to be called up, uh, which I, just, I don't think that's true because I think they get a pretty considerable pay bump. Um, when they go there, not that money is everything. Dean Ambrose apparently leaving the WWE, and he makes a ton of money, I'm sure, um, uh, just because he wants to do better. Again, that may all be a work, but um, I don't. Know. I guess what I'm saying is that I'm a little burnt out right now on pro wrestling, and I hope I get that. Hope that doesn't last for very long. Uh, I'm gonna give the main roster a break for a couple weeks and just kind of let things settle. And then probably pick it back up. I actually went as far as to cancel my Sling subscription. Uh, so I don't have live TV access anymore. Uh, to, just to make sure that I don't spend five hours a week watching pro wrestling and not really enjoying it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What do you, what do you think of the thoughts on, the, uh, on, on WWE right now? Am I blowing things out of proportion? I am the guy who always tries to find the positive in something. Especially something I love. I like pro wrestling. Um... It's just too much. It's too much of the same product week to week to week. And to know that there is 30 individuals on that roster who could do something different and we're not giving them the opportunity to do that really just kind of crushes me uh, the more I think about that. Um, I have a feeling AEW 
it's going to be uh, very similar down the road, right? I think your I think your EVPs who have founded the company. Um, are going to have plenty of opportunities. Jericho is going to have plenty of opportunities to show up week to week. But there's a lot of young talent that is being signed to that roster, and a whole like Chinese division are being signed to that roster who just may not really get the opportunities that they deserve. Um, you know, I mean, who knows? Who knows how they're going to do it? I'm excited. That's the thing about because we don't know. I hope it doesn't just fall into business as usual after the first show. We'll see. Apparently, they're getting a big TV deal. So, anyway, uh, that's the show for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, check out Pictomania. Check out my first Castle Panic if you've got kiddos, and check out Victorian Masterminds. And if you think I just completely missed the point of a call to adventure, please let me know. Happy to talk about it with you. And maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I played the wrong rules or something. I make mistakes literally all the time. So happy to talk about that with you as well. Um, yeah, thank you so much. If you haven't heard it today, you are amazing. That's right, you. The person listening to this right now, you're incredible. Don't let anybody ever take that away from you. Thank you so much. Until next time, game on. <laughs>